DiscerningHearts.com, in cooperation with the Oblates of the Virgin Mary, presents Begin Again, The Spiritual Legacy of Venerable Bruno Lanteri with Father Timothy Gallagher. Father Gallagher was ordained in 1979 as a member of the Oblates of the Virgin Mary. He obtained his doctorate from the Gregorian University, and he has dedicated many years to an extensive ministry of retreats, spiritual direction, and teachings about the spiritual life. Father Gallagher is the author of several books published by the Crossroads Publishing Company on the spiritual teachings of St. Ignatius of Loyola and the life of Venerable Bruno Lanteri. Father Gallagher is featured on the EWTN series, Living the Discerning Life, the Spiritual Teachings of St. Ignatius of Loyola. Begin again. The Spiritual Legacy of Venerable Bruno Lanteri with Father Timothy Gallagher. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. Welcome, Father Gallagher. Thank you, Chris. Glad to be back. As we begin the life and spiritual legacy of Bruno Lanteri, talk to us about how you became familiar with him. Well, I first read about him when I read the literature on the Oblates of the Virgin Mary. When uh, Before I entered the seminary, I was considering joining the Oblates. But somehow, in uh, in the way the Lord I believe, has worked in this whole process. It was actually after I joined the Oblates of the Virgin Mary, as soon as I entered, that immediately, for reasons that I couldn't explain, I was just fascinated by the Venerable Anteri. I remember the first book I read in Italian. My stumbling new Italian was one of the biographies written about him in Italian. From there, just every book, every article that I could find, I wanted to read. When they were written in languages that I didn't know, I learned them, so French or Latin. Those would be the three main languages. Uh, he spoke and wrote all of those languages, those three, French, Italian, and, and Latin. So to really get to know him, you needed to know all three languages. And I did that over the years. It's something that I can't really analyze. You know how it is when you just are drawn to a certain person or drawn to a certain kind of work? Uh, I think you have to just stand back before the mystery of grace in that. It was never something that I ever analyzed. I just just was uh, deeply drawn by everything about him. And in time, I, I became known that way within our community. I was the one who was likely to write a paper in my studies on Father Lanteri or to give a talk. And then when I went into graduate studies for my licentiate and later the doctorate in theology, I did my both my licentiate thesis and later my doctoral thesis on Father Lanteri. That was a really special time because I had access during the three years that I worked on that uh, doctoral thesis to the actual manuscripts themselves from his writings. And so the originals of his letters and his various writings, conferences, and notes, and so on throughout his life. And that's that's a fascinating thing because most of the time, that we have access to saints who have gone before us. We have access to them through the mediation of something like what I've done now for the Venerable Lanteri, through someone who does the work and produces a biography for us or volumes of uh, published writings. In this case, I had the actual manuscripts. There was there was nothing between me and immediate access to, you could even see the ink or the, the times that he crossed words out and rethought it and replaced them and, and, and so many things like this little notes that he'd write in the margin. And as I did this for two years, especially, that was the time when I really got to know him deeply. I, I, to be honest, I'd have to say that I was both deeply drawn to him and somewhat intimidated by him. 
he seemed so single-purposed in what he was doing and so focused, so dedicated, so courageous, so persevering throughout his life. And uh, he had shattered health and um, never let that stop him. Very difficult times for the church and uh, was courageous throughout them. I'd say that that changed in the course of the writing of this biography. Now, there are many years between concluding my um, graduate studies and the writing of the biography, about 30 years there. And over those years, I continued to do some writing. Uh, I would annually teach our novices about Father Lenteri's life and his work in the church. And then our provincial asked me, about eight years ago now, to, to write this biography. As I learned later, this happened because a young woman in the young adults group, a very active young adults group in our church in Boston, had gotten deeply interested in Father Lanteri and in his works and his charism and was insistently asking for a biography in English so that she could get to know him better and see more specifically where the Lord was leading in her life. After she said this a number of times to uh, our provincial, he met with me and asked me if I would write this biography. And so we worked it out. And after I finished up some other projects, every free moment of the last five years has been spent on the additional reading and then the writing of this biography. And it was in the course of these last five years of really almost living with Venerable Ann Terry's life and dreams and struggles and prayer and relationships, work in the church, his concerns and the burdens in his heart and the joys and so much that goes up to to make the inner heart of a um, of a person that I began to see another side of him. I think a much truer side now that I hadn't seen before. What I'd seen before was the achievement, which is admirable. I'll just give one statistic on the achievement. He died in 1830. He himself was the disciple of a, a very saintly Jesuit, Father Nicholas Diesbach, Swiss Jesuit, who was his spiritual director and uh, decisive influence in his life. And really, we'd have to say that Father Diesbach was at the origin of the, the whole movement that we'll be talking about in future conversations. But the next chain in the link was clearly the Venerable Ann Terry. In the century in which he lived... In his little country of Piedmont, now this is a little nation that's just the northwestern corner of present-day Italy. So it was a little kingdom that was maybe the size of New Hampshire. In the 100 years of um, the 1800s, 60 saints, blessed, venerables, and servants of God lived and worked. 30 of them right in the city of Turin, where Father Lenteri spent his life and um, developed his ministry. Now, the scholars, when they reflect on this, suggests that there probably is no parallel to that anywhere in the history of the church. That many saints arising in that small an area within that period of time, which is just to indi indicate the enormity of the achievement of his life. Some of these saints we're familiar with, people like St. John Bosco or St. Dominic Savio, St. Joseph Cavasso, but there are many, many others that are known more locally. Well, what I had seen, I think, as a seminarian and, and in the years of my studies was the magnitude of the achievement. But I think my heart sensed something deeper that I only uh, was able to put into words for myself in the course of writing the biography. When I saw the, I think the reason that I was so drawn to him, it was not only the sanctity of his life, but it was also the struggle of his life, which was very real. As I mentioned, he was a man with uh, shattered health, uh, an oppression of, of the chest that would make it even difficult for him to breathe with any physical exertion, 
and uh, eyes that were ruined. Um, at times, the effort to write a letter or to do some reading would mean that he wouldn't be able to use them for days, sometimes weeks. So you began to see this was a man who knew what it meant to go forward in life with physical pain uh, and to to work and to try to serve the Lord with at times severe physical limitations. Sometimes I thought of the Venerable Ann Terry when, as a church, we watched um, Pope John Paul II in the latter years of his life. Another case of a man who just would not give up, would use every last bit of energy that, that he had to serve. He was also a man whose mother died when he was four years old. And in the last years of his life, the priest who was his uh, spiritual director, his confessor then, tells us that at various points, Father Lanteri would repeat this phrase, that I have hardly known any other mother than Mary Most Holy and have never received anything but caresses from so good a mother. And it's very easy for us to focus on the second part of that sentence and to see, as indeed was the case, how central and important Mary was in his whole spiritual life and to bypass the first part of it. This was a four-year-old boy who lost his mother, and a human void was created that day in his life that would never be filled. Death struck his family repeatedly. He was the last survivor of the ten children. Five of them died um, in very early age, and the others all before him. He was a man who lived in times of um, great struggle and persecution of the church, you know, it's, all of this happened only 200 years ago, but I, I think we're not really too familiar with the history. And it can surprise us to realize that for five years during his life, uh, well, actually two popes in a row, Pope Pius VI was taken by the French when the troops of the French Revolution invaded uh, Rome. He was taken prisoner, uh, forcibly brought up in, into France, where, as the French intended, uh, he died alone and uh, unaided. It was perhaps one of the most critical moments in the history of the church when the Pope had died. Rome was occupied by hostile forces. The cardinals were exiled and scattered in various nations, and there seemed no way to even approach a conclave to elect another Pope, and mockingly Pius VI was called Pius the Last. God found his, uh, the providence guided the church through those circumstances, but and then his successor, Pius VII, uh, was likewise taken prisoner forcibly by Napoleon's troops and for five years held prison, browbeated by the Emperor Napoleon to align the church with his policies. And the Pope, at great cost to himself, held out heroically against that. And so we'll see in future conversations, the Venerable Anteri was uh, a key player in supporting the Holy Father during those times, at the cost and risk of his own life. And eventually was uh, discovered by the French police, was arrested, interrogated, and exiled his bishop was ordered to suspend his faculties to hear confessions and the rest. And for the next three years, until Napoleon's fall was uh, exiled, his whole ministry came to a complete halt. So there, there were these enormous dangers and, and, and risks and penalties to be paid for his fidelity to the church. Father Gallagher, his life is an extraordinary one. And I think the real gift for us in reflecting on his life and, and the conversations that we'll have coming up is the same type of benefit that maybe, can we say, Ignatius received when he began to read the lives of the saints. That was a real 
instrumental part of his conversion and in the lives of so many others. I think it was Teresa Benedicta of the Cross who, Edith Stein, reading the life of Teresa of Avila. There's something about reflecting on those who have gone before us that seems to flip on a light switch. It does. It opens up possibilities for us. It, it shows us what grace can do in our fragile and imperfect humanity. We take a step into that space of a cloud of witnesses of which the letter to the Hebrews speaks, and it's enormously strengthening for us. I think what especially does that for us, as I've begun since the biography has been published, uh, to be asked to give talks here and there on the venerable Bruno Lanteri's life, what I find people love in him is that this was a man who pursued and in God's grace achieved a real degree of holiness in the midst of struggles, not only physical and events around him in the church, as we've been saying, but personal as well. And very, very, how would you say very, I want to say small things, but that's not quite exactly the right word. Daily kinds of things might be better. So for example, in a time when it was very unpopular and could be even dangerous to be publicly and openly a Catholic in a culture, this was the Enlightenment and the French Revolution, when the modern world was, was created and when great hostility was there to the church, the Venerable Anne Terry resolved already as a deacon that he was going to always and openly show himself a member of the Catholic Church, a disciple of Christ. But it was not easy for him, because if you did so in public, there could be a price to pay. And so you find him grappling with this, for example, in his retreat notes, when he senses human respect in himself, and sometimes it's just hard for him to accept the price that he might have to accept in order to be openly a member of the church. It was apparent to him that the deep reason why so many baptized Catholics and Christians do not live according to their faith was that although they have, ac have accepted it in childhood, they've never really seriously reflected on it, never really seriously explored what it means to believe the things that we mean about this life and eternity and the church and the sacraments and scripture and Christ and the rest. And so it was important to him that he would be making that effort throughout his life, deeply attempting to learn and study and appropriate the truths of our faith. But that takes effort, that takes labor. And you see him at times in his notes also speaking about reluctance to, to face that kind of effort. We'll return to Begin Again with Father Timothy Gallagher in just a moment. Did you know that you can obtain a free app which contains all your favorite Discerning Hearts programs? Father Timothy Gallagher, Dr. Anthony Lillis, Archbishop George Lucas, Father Mauritius Fildi, and so many more, including episodes from Inside the Pages, can be obtained on the Discerning Hearts free app. This also includes all the novenas and devotionals and prayers, including the Holy Rosary and Stations of the Cross, the Chaplet of St. Michael, and the Seven Sorrows of Our Lady, all available on the Discerning Hearts free app. Visit the iTunes and Google Play app stores to obtain your free Discerning Hearts app today. The Councils of Mercy, an excerpt from the writings of Venerable Bruno Lanteri, founder of the Oblates of the Virgin Mary. 
If I should fall a thousand times a day, a thousand times a day I will begin again with new awareness of my weakness, promising God with a peaceful heart to amend my life. I will never think of God as if he were of our condition and grows weary of our wavering weakness and negligence. Rather, I will think of what is truly characteristic of him and what he prizes most highly, that is, his goodness and mercy, knowing that he is a loving father who understands our weakness, is patient with us, and forgives us. For more excerpts from the writings of Venerable Bruno Lanteri, visit discerninghearts.com. A prayer for the intercession of Venerable Bruno Lanteri. O Father, fountain of all life and holiness, you gave Father Bruno Lanteri great faith in Christ your Son, a lively hope, and an act of love for the salvation of his brethren. You made him a prophet of your word and a witness to your mercy. He had a tender love for Mary, and by his very life he taught fidelity to the church. Father, hear the prayer of your family, and through the intercession of Father Lanteri, grant us the grace for which we now ask. May he be glorified on earth that we may give you greater praise. We ask this through your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Hello, my name is Deacon Omar Gutierrez, and I want to ask you to support Discerning Hearts in a special way. We, Chris McGregor, the board, and I all know that not everyone listening can help financially. We know we have listeners from all parts of the world, and we have made a commitment since the beginning to make the truths shared through Discerning Hearts totally free. So while you may not be able to contribute financially, what you can do is certainly pray, but also give us positive reviews on whatever platform you use to listen to us. If it's iTunes, Android, Stitcher, Spotify, however it is that you get these podcasts, or if you're on YouTube and you like our videos, please give us a good rating and write a review. The more good ratings and reviews we get, the higher our profile, and the more listeners will discover us listeners who may have the means to contribute in the future. Please consider rating us and writing a positive review today. We now return to Begin Again with Father Timothy Gallagher. His challenges, the struggles in his life, and the suffering, that in many ways, what was old is actually new again. I mean, that there, or maybe better, better said, there's nothing new under the sun. That what they've experienced is not so different than the possibilities of challenge that we may have. Absolutely, and you know, we watched this change from the time that our provincial asked me to write this book until today. So mm-hmm. we've all seen a change in this. It's only in the last few years that we've become aware that this kind of situation may not be in the remote future, and we need to be ready to be faithful in times when it may there may be a price to pay. I have the sense that the Venerable and Terry's life is becoming increasingly valuable to us uh, and, and is more valuable to us now than I'd almost want to say ever before. You're absolutely right, Chris, that the things that he dealt with, many of them are being reproduced in our time. 
And also just the, the legacy that he would leave, the particular charism that touched his heart, that would be the one that would touch those who are called to serve in the Oblates of the Virgin Mary. How would you describe that particular charism? Well, when I did my doctoral thesis, it took me 500 pages to answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I can say it pretty simply. I think the deep intuition is that that I've, I've already mentioned, that there is a deep divide between what baptized followers of Jesus have said yes to in their baptism, maybe in their early years, and the way they actually live today. And the reason for the divide is that we tend easily to move with the flow of a culture that is increasingly secular. And so it becomes almost unconsciously, we, we can find ourselves in a position in which we are judging and thinking and consequently making choices more according to what is out there around us in the culture and comes to us through the internet and television and all the different avenues that, with which culture speaks to us today. And so the deep, urgent, critical need in the church is for a, a way to bring members of the church to personally reflect upon, deeply assimilate the truths of their faith, convinced that once that happens, lives will change. And not only will people personally want holiness, but they will become apostles in bringing Jesus to, to others. And through his own experience of life, uh, the Venerable Anteri came to the conviction that in the Ignatian Spiritual Exercises, this little book given to the church through St. Ignatius of Loyola in the 16th century, in those spiritual exercises, the church has a uniquely practical, doable, and powerful instrument to help people make that bridge from the faith they have said yes to in a certain sense in the early years of their lives and the way they're living today. And so there is a deep, at the, at the heart of his charism, is uh, a deep familiarity with the spiritual wisdom of Ignatius's spiritual exercises, and then a deep training in being able to make these accessible and bring these to great numbers of people, knowing how to adapt them to the different vocations and situations in life. Together with that was a profound awareness of the power now, in his day, it was the printed word. The printed word was exploding in his day. With the Industrial Revolution, now you could print at a much cheaper cost. Education was expanding. Coffee houses were, were, where people could find the, the latest papers and books and so on were exploding in the larger cities. The, the printed word in his day as a means of communication of ideas and culture was what the internet and, and television and the media are today. It was the critically formative influence in the culture. And so the importance of becoming a Catholic presence right there, where so much harm is being done to the faith, to take those very instruments and to use them on behalf of the truth of, of the faith, of the teaching of the Catholic Church, of the, of the Word of, of God. And, and so again, he would train lay people and uh, clergy to become skilled in this. He was uh, enormously skilled in this himself. He had a personal library of about 5,000 books, which was not just um, you know, his own study. It was a, a place of apostolate. We have letters, for example, where young priests will write and back and tell him that they found the seed of their vocation in his library. It was an active place where um, 
after the faith was spread. It was widely used that way. Defense of the Catholic Church. He was convinced that in the confusion of the times, there is only one way finally to know what the truth is, and that is to look to see what the teaching of the Church is, and primarily to look to the magisterium of the Church, the Holy Father and the teaching of the magisterium of the Church. And so he was very active in defense of that teaching, in the spread of that teaching, in resolving sometimes long-standing struggles in the light of that teaching. So I'd say these would be some of the um, some of the key insights at the at the heart of the charism, um, helping to f- provide formation to priests along these same lines, so that they themselves then would would uh, spread these same works and these um, the same same understanding of the church and and the needs of the times. It was this set of works to which he dedicated his life and in which he trained endless numbers of. Uh, seminarians and young priests, and which he bequeathed finally in the last years of his life to the religious congregation that he founded, the Oblates of the Virgin Mary. What I love so much about Begin Again, the life and spiritual legacy of Bruno Lanteri, is that in this, Father Gallagher, we have the opportunity to witness how he implemented those roles in his life, those practices, when friends let him down, when circumstances became out of his out of his control, that the world was literally on fire in some cases with war and division and all kinds of things happening. And yet, as you watch him navigate through all of this as a very real person, he's able to put into practice those things in which he would try to teach to others. And there's a, there, it's, it's a beautiful opportunity. We've seen that when we look at the lives of contemporary saints, John Paul and, and Blessed Mother Teresa. But in his life in particular, it's so dramatic. That's the, uh, the gift of getting so close to him. We talked about this just a little bit earlier in the conversation. What finally really made me not only admire him, but really, I'd say like him, um, warm up to him, mm-hmm. want a deeper relationship with him, want to be in communion with him and learn more about him and, and apply his teaching was exactly that. To see that he was a man who faced many struggles, the same human weaknesses that we all face. He lived a real life of holiness in the midst of all of that. that that's what I think really makes a saint a witness for us. My guess is that that struggle against weakness is there in every saint. When when that is laid open to us, when we can really see it, that's when the saint warms our heart, you know, and gives us courage. His ability in those situations that he would encounter to practice the virtue or virtues, that gives us uh, hope and uh, solace as well as we in, we begin to encounter that. And particularly pastors, who, uh, priests, religious, who are attempting to be those, those ministers to God's people. Yes, I think his uh, greatest struggle, and one that he never entirely won, was the struggle to live and act with the gentleness of Christ. I think like anyone who is, as the Venerable Ann Terry was, intelligent and capable, uh, efficient, very clear thinking about things, and as time went on, deeply experienced and deeply learned, 
could easily get impatient in many situations in life. And so you see him working year after year throughout his life, praying, doing spiritual reading, talking with his spiritual director, examining himself on this day after day, striving to to win and gain and live with the gentleness of Jesus. And in large measure, he was really transformed over the years. But still, even in the latter years of his life, at times of tiredness or illness or when taken by surprise and events, he could still find himself less gentle than he'd want to be. He would turn again to what became the central theme of this book and is actually the origin of the title, mm-hmm. uh, Begin Again. That teaching that he over and over and over repeated to countless people and in whom he infused through it a great sense of hope that there is no situation you can ever get into in life. There is never anything that we may have done, however much it may seem to us that now it's too late. Now the door is closed. Now the opportunity is lost. Now there's too much distance between me and God. This is something that can never be remedied. The same failure. I just keep doing the same thing over and over and over again. There is no situation in which we can ever find ourselves in which anything can stop us from turning toward the Lord, humbly asking forgiveness, which he says God loves to give and gives in the instant itself in which we turn to him this way, and then begin again. That Over the years as I was writing the biography, as this teaching began to impress itself upon my awareness, eventually I started speaking about this in spiritual direction. Finally, I, I put up a painting of Father Lenteri on the wall of the office where I meet with people. In the course of the conversation, when it seemed appropriate, would just point to the painting and describe this teaching of Begin Again, and still today you see a light go on in people's eyes that it's never too late. Nothing can ever stop us from beginning again. And I think it's that that gives so much hope, that that Mm -hmm. kind of message. I am so looking forward to just entering into the conversations about this wonderful, holy man, this holy teacher. But in conclusion on this particular episode, do you have any final thoughts, Father Gallagher? Well, I think what we've done is just um, scratch the surface a little bit in the the richness of a life that is so dedicated to God. Maybe I'd conclude this time by a thought that comes to me as I look at the stained glass window, which eventually became the cover of this book, and you see the Venerable Ann Terry writing, probably writing the, the rule for the Oblates of the Virgin Mary, and you see Our Lady figured in the stained glass window, Uh, looking toward him, extending her hand down, touching the book on which he's writing, looking with a great tenderness toward him. I think that stained glass window captures something very deep in the tenderness and warmth and gentleness and the hope that Father Lanteri transmitted to so many people. It was mediated to him in a very real way through the warmth and love of the Virgin Mary, and she is deeply at the heart of what made his life so fruitful. It's a good place to begin. Mm. Thank you so much, Father Gallagher. You're welcome, Chris. You've been listening to Begin Again, the spiritual legacy of Venerable Bruno Lanteri with Father Timothy Gallagher. To hear and or to download this conversation, along with hundreds of other spiritual formation programs, visit discerninghearts.com. 
or you can find it on the free Discerning Hearts app located in the iTunes or Google Play stores. This has been a production of Discerning Hearts. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We hope that if this has been helpful for you, that you will first pray for our mission. And if you feel us worthy, consider a charitable donation, which is fully tax-deductible, to help support our efforts. But most of all, we hope that you will tell a friend about discerninghearts.com and join us next time for Begin Again, the spiritual legacy of Venerable Bruno Lanteri with Father Timothy Gallagher.